Welcome to Hear Me Out. I'm your host, Celeste Headley. Memorial Day is a study of contradictions for many Americans. It's the beginning of the summer season, and a three-day weekend is a time for many of us to go out on the water, to have a barbecue. But for the many thousands of Americans who've lost a loved one to war, it can be a difficult day, one they want to dedicate solemnly to those they've lost. This country has a complicated relationship with veterans, living and deceased. So on Memorial Day or any other day, should we thank vets for their service or call them heroes? All of that kind of stuff is free and easy patriotism. It's cheap. Writer and veteran Lucian Trescott joins us on Hear Me Out in just a moment. Stay with us. Just a heads up, this interview includes discussion of suicide. Listener discretion is advised. If you or a loved one needs support, help is always available at the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. You can call and text 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 988. Veterans can access specialized resources at veteranscrisisline.net. And we're back on Hear Me Out, a podcast from Slate. I'm Celeste Headley. Memorial Day can be a difficult holiday for many veterans. For one thing, the holiday ends up feeling celebratory in an odd way for most Americans, not because of the subject matter, but because of its placement in the year. It's the first long weekend of summer. And so the baseball games and frisbee and poolside barbecues can feel a little jarring to many thousands of Americans who have lost a loved one to war. And remember, Memorial Day is not strictly intended to be a holiday for living veterans. We're told often that the moral and patriotic way to celebrate Memorial Day is still to thank veterans for their service. Whether it's Memorial Day or not, thank you for your service is a loaded phrase for many in the military community. Some people feel awkward when they are thanked. Some, like our guest today, don't want to be thanked at all. Lucian Trescott IV is a writer and third-generation veteran and joins us now. Welcome. Hi. So for those who have um, not heard of you, Lucian, or read any of your novels, uh, can you tell us what you do? Who are you? Well, I, I'm a writer. I mean, I've, I've been a writer for 55 years or something now. And uh, I write a substack right now called the Lucian Truscott Newsletter. You can log on to my uh, substack later today and read it. Uh, you also come from a long line of veterans and went to the U.S. Yeah. Military Academy, and uh, many people may have know your book, Dress Grade, or maybe they've seen the movie as well. I just you're not bragging enough for me, so I want to fill that out for all the people who you know. Maybe I don't. mean, you're <laughs> you know the family you're born into is it's just a matter of luck. You know, I could have been born a Smith, I guess. Except you're also a descendant of Thomas Jefferson, and uh, invited the descendants of Sally Hemings to the family reunion in 2000, something that had never been done before. So, you know, you're born into a family, but then you decide what to do with that ancestry, right? But, you know, from there, what you do with it is is up to you. And the way that I was raised by my mother and father and by my grandparents was my grandfather went from being a lieutenant to being a four-star general and commanded uh the 3rd Infantry Division, the 6th Corps, and two armies in World War II. So I do come from a quite a long military history, and I've had kind of a, a rocky relationship with the military over the years. I was not very uh, very popular with the, with the um, leadership at West Point when I was there because I, me and three other guys uh, opposed the regulation that they had 
requiring attendance at church back then. And wrote about heroin addiction among young soldiers. Yeah, I, I also, you know, exposed the fact that the Army had a 15% heroin addiction rate in 1969 and 70, and I got kicked out of the Army for doing that. So I'm not your typical West Point graduate, and I'm not your typical veteran, but I am who I am, and you've got me. Well, then let's get to your opinion that you have, and and you have written about this before. In one piece, the, the headline was, Please Stop Thanking Me for My Service. And, you know, I was engaged to a serviceman in the Army for a very long time, and I have heard this before from veterans. Can you explain why you advise people to stop saying this so familiar thing, thank you for your service? Well, I think it's cheap. You know, there are so many people in the United States now that just have no connection to the military at all. Back when I was in the Army in the 60s and the 70s, 70% of the American populace had some connection to the military through either they'd served themselves or they had a relative who served, a grandmother or grandfather or uncle or aunt, or they knew somebody on their block or a teacher that they had had served. Now I think that that number has dropped to something like 30%. And only about 1% of the American public now serves on active duty. So, you know, in my generation, 9 million people came of age and served in the military during the 10 years of the Vietnam War. That's a lot of people. And so uh, the people who haven't served, I think, are nervous around veterans. Uh, I don't know what the problem is. They feel guilty that they didn't volunteer or something like that. I'm, I'm not really sure. But saying thank you for your service on sort of auto-select, I just think is a cheap way of thanking someone for their service. I mean, the way if you want to thank somebody for their service, the way to do it is, Vote in some politicians that'll take care of veterans and increase the military defense budget that'll help keep soldiers alive when they fight in wars and increase the budget of the VA, the Veterans Administration. You know, if people want to thank veterans for their service, that's the way you thank a veteran for his service. Let me jump in here real quick, because I know that one of my family members who um, had lived through the Vietnam era made a point of saying thank you for your service every time because she said she remembered an, a, a period of time when America treated its veterans very badly. And she wanted to make sure that every veteran that she saw or, or service member still in service knew that she had positive feelings toward them, that she supported them. What's your response to that framing of it? That's an individual choice. You know, I don't have any problem with, with it. I was in a car dealership the other day buying a part for my car and the guy saw my cap that I was wearing with an RBA on it and said, oh, you're a veteran. Thank you for your service. We're going to give you 10% off. So, you know, I'll take that any day. I just think that it's become reflexive. If they see a, a, a military, you know, insignia that you've got clipped your lapel or, you know, a hat like I wear with an Army A on it, people just sort of reflexively say, thank you for your service. I would much rather hear a lot less thank you for your service and see a lot more voting for people that will get into office and support the Veterans Administration and do something about the homeless veteran problem. 
and put some federal funding in to help deal with the problem of veterans' uh, suicide. My own brother, who's a veteran of Vietnam, committed suicide. When his wife called me up, my sister-in-law called oh, me sorry. up to tell me the day that he did it, what she said to me on the phone was this. She said, Lucian, the war finally got him. And, um, you know, not enough people even know that that is a problem with veterans. And it's not just veterans of Vietnam. It's now veterans of Iraq and Afghanistan and the other conflicts that we've been involved in, including the service in Somalia and the, the few people that we've got in Syria. These wars are are terrible things. I mean, they damage you. And um, it, it's hard to be in a war to, or even go to a war, cover a war like I have done, you know, without being really significantly altered and, um, and not in a good way a lot of times. You know, it wasn't in a good way for my brother. I mean, he killed himself. That's what you can do to thank someone for their service is volunteer on a suicide hotline or donate some money to a nonprofit that helps veterans or something like that. There was a movie called Thank You for Your Service that came out in, I think, like 2017 that showed the, the, the experience that many soldiers had reintegrating into civilian life. And they displayed a number of service members having different reactions when they were thanked for their service. But I, I think many civilians feel as though they want to at least acknowledge somebody's sacrifice. It, it's possible that people are doing that because they want soldiers to feel seen and acknowledged. Yeah. I mean, if people feel that way and they want to thank soldiers and they see them in a supermarket or car dealership like I just, I, it's a nice thing to do. You know, you said before that there was a time when veterans weren't treated very nicely. I have a sort of bone to pick with that. I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of uh, mythology about the war in Vietnam and Vietnam veterans that, that really is bunk. The idea that veterans were spit on when they came back from Vietnam and airports and all that stuff. People have written whole books to say that that didn't happen. It just didn't happen. Okay, you're blowing my mind here. I definitely have to dig into this, but we have to take a break first. So we will get back to this in just a moment for sure. You are listening to Hear Me Out. It's a podcast from Slate. I'm Celeste Headley, and we are speaking with Lucian Trescott the fourth about whether or not you should say thank you for your service. You will hear more after a break. Okay, we're back. This is Hear Me Out. And today, the person we're hearing out is Lucian Truscott IV, who is a third generation veteran. And he says we should really stop saying thank you for your service. But before we went to break, you said, and I was not um, alive during this time that you're talking about, but I have heard my whole life that when Vietnam veterans came home, they were spit on. They were attacked uh, verbally and sometimes physically by civilians. You're saying that's not necessarily true. It's buck, you know. But first of all, a lot of veterans came home and they came home in uniform on chartered planes. And they got off the planes, you know, like 150 or 200 of them would get off the plane. 
and walk through an airport. Now, can you imagine somebody coming up to a long line of uniformed soldiers walking through an airport and picking one out and spitting on them? I mean, this is a myth that has persisted the entire time I've been an adult, and it's, a, and it's garbage. I've never met a veteran that, that got spit on. Uh, there's been plenty of stuff written about it to, to kind of demythologize that. And, but it was true. What happened with Vietnam veterans was they never had victory parades and all that kind of stuff. Because, by the way, we lost the war in Vietnam. You don't have a victory parade for a war that you lose. So veterans came back and they didn't really feel like their communities um, uh, acknowledged them and so forth. Because, you know, frankly... The communities had gone through, a, a lot of communities had gone through a lot of hell about the draft and people's kids being drafted and sent to Vietnam, and they weren't in any mood to be welcoming veterans back, but they didn't spit on them. Now, later, people sort of picked up the, picked up the flag of the Vietnam veteran and started being appreciative of, of Vietnam veterans and what had happened to them, because they didn't ask there were a lot of draftees in that war. They didn't ask to go over there. They got drafted and sent over there against their will. So when people started realizing that veterans, there, there were plenty of veterans that were anti-war. While they served in Vietnam, they were against the war. So when people started realizing that, they, the attitude about Vietnam veterans changed. And, uh, and then that was when the thank you for your service first began. Now, I think it was back in the 80s that that sort of thing began. Being a veteran is an easy thing, and being a person that encounters a veteran is not necessarily an easy thing because, you know, people feel nervous. Like, I, you know, gee, I didn't serve in the Army, so uh, I'm kind of nervous around this guy that did, you know, I and I've never really understood why that is. I mean, nowadays it's a it's a choice. You know, my my son is in ROTC and he'll be commissioned as a second lieutenant in December. But he chose to go into ROTC and he's chosen to go into the army. You know, it's a choice. I mean, it's like it's like anything else you do. It's a it's a job that you apply for and get, and then and then um, you have the job. So. Um, I think that, you know, the sort of, I don't know, the glow around veterans sort of needs to be turned down a little bit. Okay, wait, hold on one second. I got to stop you here for just a second, because it sounds like you're edging into territory saying that we give uh, too much idolization, that we put soldiers on a on a pedestal? Yeah, yeah, and, I, and, and it shouldn't happen. You know, it's, uh, you know, when I was in the Army, I knew a lot of doofus, worthless officers and a lot of doofus soldiers. You know, not everybody that wore the uniform is a god. You know, they're not. Uh, and everybody that went to Vietnam or, or uh, you know, all this, the things that the politicians nowadays say, I want to welcome our heroes that are here today who served in Iraq and Afghanistan. What are those people saying? You know, the fact that you went to Iraq or Afghanistan doesn't make you a hero. You know, the guys that are heroes got silver stars or bronze stars, but, but everybody else just went and served. 
And um, I think that the glow around veterans ought to be turned down. You can, it is possible to serve and make a great sacrifice. People get wounded. People have been killed. And, um, and the families miss the people that are killed. And, you know, that, that's a sacrifice. But, but just going into the Army or going into the Navy or the Air Force and serving six years or four years or whatever you serve and getting out, I don't think you ought to get a great big, huge merit badge. You know, there, there are people that during the six years that you might serve in the Army right now are working down at uh, an arsenal somewhere in the South making artillery shells to send to um, Afghanistan right now. Well, I think that's pretty heroic, you know, working in a damn ammunition factory where at any minute, if a spark goes off, the whole place can explode. And in fact, down in Texas, one of them did explode recently. So that's pretty heroic. Maybe we ought to thank all of the ammunition manufacturers for their service. You, you get what I'm saying here? I do, but I got to say, this is going to strike a lot of people as as upsetting you know we have football games where they thank soldiers for their service and the jets fly over and we have you know demonstrations and marches and flags flying to to thank veterans and soldiers for their service at the beginning of so many different events and that's considered a part of patriotism are you knocking uh, people's love for their country when you try to take away no no i'm not doing that i mean come on you know, and I would just say to you, if what I just said is upsetting, that's that. I'm not in the business of making people happy. If I have an opinion that's upsetting to someone, well, then it's upsetting. I mean, I've upset a lot of people over the years. When I took the Sally Hemings descendants to uh, Monticello, I got well over 100 death threats from uh, racists and, and, and right-wing idiots. So I've been upsetting people for my entire life. And to be frank with you, I don't care if it upsets them. I want people to think before they reflexively stand up at a football game and, and say, thank you to your service because they're, you know, marching the colors on the field or something. All of that kind of stuff is like what, what I would call free and easy patriotism. You know, it's, I said it before, it, it's cheap. And, um, you know, if people really want to thank veterans for their service, then they ought to do the things that I said before, support politicians that will actually do something about the Veterans Administration and actually fund some programs to help veterans who are having trouble um, dealing with PTSD and, uh, and might commit suicide. That's patriotic, supporting that kind of stuff. Standing up and waving your hand or taking your hat off uh, while they play the national anthem and thank the veterans for their service. That's, you know, that's easy. I think people ought to do the hard stuff. I remember hearing one veteran tell me that when when somebody said to him, thank you for the service, it made him a little angry. Like he felt as though the people who were saying that A, didn't really mean it. Um, it made him feel a little bit as though they were putting emotional work on him. And it also, he said he felt as though if he didn't react with gratitude toward them when they said it to him, that he got an, an adverse reaction. 
And I, I guess I wonder if you can explain why there is so much, why that phrase, thank you for this service, seems to call up so much emotion among many veterans. I mean, there's certainly there are some who like to be thanked, I'm sure. But of the people I've spoken to and the, the articles I've read, they're for something that is said often so casually, it seems to involve a lot of emotional reactions from veterans. Well, I, you're exactly right. And the reason that some veterans resent it is, is because they understand how easy and flip it is to just go, oh, thank you for your service. And moving on, you know, um, veterans would rather that you do something. You know, yeah. veterans would rather that you, it, just like, I, I mean, I sound like a broken record saying votes for some politicians that'll actually do something to help veterans. That would be a good thing. Um, but just saying thank you for your service sort of puts the veteran on a spot. Like now the veteran has to say, oh, well, thank you for thanking me. Um, it rings hollow to a lot of veterans. That's what the problem is. It just rings hollow. And, and a lot of veterans would just as soon not have to say, oh, well, thank you for thanking me for my service, you know. Is there something better to say to a veteran? You know, stand up at the uh, the Memorial Day Parade and wave the flag and, you know. But uh, I don't know. It's like I said before, there's nothing wrong with saying it. But I think that people ought to think before they sort of blithely and automatically say, thank you for your service because you saw, uh, you, you know, a cap, a military cap or something. I mean, that we're, you know, I'll go back to the analogy I made with the people that work in the, in the ammunition factories or in the tank factories or in the Humvee factories or whatever. I mean, shouldn't we be thanking them for this service too? You know, as I said before, I just think there's this blow around the idea of being a veteran that is nice. But, you know, there ought to be a glow around serving as a nurse. Why aren't we thanking nurses for their service? I just think that this stuff has become too automatic and too blithe and too handy and too inexpensive, as I said before. So I will, before we end, I will assume that one thing you can do to thank a veteran is give them a 10% discount. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, give them a 10% discount. That's always nice. Uh, Lucian, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. So I know that many of you will have a lot of thoughts about the conversation I just had with Lucian because he kind of busted up a lot of sort of sacred values for a lot of Americans. And I know that saying thank you for your service it comes very easily out of people's mouths. And so I absolutely respect what he said. And because I have heard this before for some other veterans, I've gotten into the habit of not saying that. But I also understand the impulse to say it. I don't know. I'm torn on this. Like what what could replace that that would make those who volunteer to serve feel as though they are seen 
and appreciated and supported in addition to all the things he was talking about. I don't know. I'm torn. I know we have a lot of veterans service members and family members of veterans and service members listening. And I'd love to know how you feel. What do you think about this? If you are a veteran or currently serving, how does it feel when somebody says thank you for your service? You can email us. It's hearmeout at slate.com. Many of you have done that already. We want to share a letter that we got from Lizzie, and it was about our episode last week where Gio Mar argued that policing should be abolished entirely. So Lizzie wrote this. I appreciate the opportunity your show gives me to expand my exposure to all views. Your episode on policing had me both nodding along and questioning some of my own views and beliefs. I feel policing reform is possible, and I believe one way to transform modern policing in America effectively is to peel off duties that other agencies are better suited to administer. Policing behavior does not always require a police officer. Shifting the funds and duties from policing to these resources could be the solution we are seeking. Lizzie, thank you so much for writing. And frankly, hearing somebody say your episode had me questioning some of my own views and beliefs, that is music to my ears and the music to the ears of all of our entire team. We cover a lot of challenging opinions, as you know. And I I know you have your own takes, your own opinions, and we want to hear them. So please email us. It's hearmeout at slate.com. Hear Me Out is a podcast from Slate. The show is produced by Maura Curry. Ben Richmond is the Senior Director of Podcast Operations. And Alicia Montgomery is VP of Slate Audio. I'm your host, Celeste Headley. And until next time, please speak your mind, but keep it open. <laughs>